Well, hello, everybody, and welcome again to the Weirdly Magical podcast with Jen and Lou. And today we're going to look at uh, the eclipse that's coming up, the first eclipse um, that is on June the 5th, Friday, June the 5th. I'll say more about that in a minute. Um, Before we introduce ourselves, I do want to announce a giveaway Uh, Jen and I have been doing this podcast for two years now. That's really flown by, I have to say, and we have such fun doing it. Uh, But we're we're offering a giveaway. Um, And we have started a Facebook page for our podcast, uh, which seems to be, you know, going well so far. It's called Weirdly Magical. So all you have to do is type Weirdly Magical in and go search it. And uh, for those people that leave us a review on our Facebook page, they get one entry into a drawing. If you share the Facebook page and invite your friends to like it, then you will get a second entry into the drawing. Jen and I are offering one prize each, so there'll be two prizes drawn. I'm offering an eclipse reading that will be recorded remotely, so I'll contact the winner um, for birth details. Jen's offering a mini Akashic Records reading, so they'll be drawn at random. Uh, The winners will be drawn and announced on, on the full moon eclipse on June the 5th, and we'll take entries up to the end of June the 4th. So please head on over to our Facebook page and leave us a review. Anything else to say on that, Jen? I don't think there was, was there? Just a weirdly magical podcast. I think that's the... Actually, I think it is weirdly magical podcast. You're right. And um, as a a reminder again as well, that we also take questions. Um, I haven't seen any questions come in, I don't think, for this podcast. But if you have any burning questions about these crazy energies this year, then send your questions to weirdlymagicalpodcast at gmail.com. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash weirdly magical. So for just $3 a month, you can support our work in this podcast. And we're really edging towards the point where we're going to do patron only content um i think that's it for everything so jen why don't you introduce yourself hey everyone i'm jen dishen jendishen.com i do akashic readings healings trainings um i guide my clients to activate their free will so they can let go of whatever it is that's in the way of being who they are living with joy uh, and I'm the creator of the Illuminating Journey Cards. And I'm Lou, or Louise Eddington, and I am a soul astrologer, a writer, a shamanic practitioner, and um, creator of YouTube videos <laughs> for astrology and classes. And I do readings, I do classes, as I said, but um, I'm also the writer of two astrology books, Modern Astrology and The Complete Guide to Astrology, both doing really well. So check those out if you want to learn more about astrology. I think that's that's it for today. I help people create an extraordinary life really based on who they truly are, not who they wish they were. (laughs) And so this full moon eclipse, this, this is not the first eclipse of the year. 
this year is quite unusual because well it's unusual in so many ways <laughs> but eclipse wise we have six eclipses this year and most years we have four eclipses two sets of two and this year we had an eclipse in january which was a uh, lunar eclipse and then we followed by another lunar eclipse or was that a lunar eclipse in january i'm like oh <laughs> that was yes it was a lunar eclipse and now we've got another lunar eclipse eclipses kind of change which comes first over time but in this these eclipses that we've got coming up starting on june the 5th we have a what's called a prenumbral lunar eclipse and we're going to look in more detail at that today and that's followed on june the 21st by an annular solar eclipse so that's a total solar eclipse where the where the moon doesn't quite cover the face of the sun. So there's a big ring of fire around it because the, the moon is uh, closer to the earth. So it doesn't quite cover the whole face of the um, sun, but it's still a total eclipse. And that will be at zero cancer. And then on July the 5th, we have another pre-numbral pre, pre, pre number or sorry lunar eclipse at 13 capricorn then in november on november the 30th we have another lunar eclipse and december the 14th my birthday we have a total solar eclipse in sagittarius and i'm supposed to be going to chile to see it but who knows if that'll happen with all the uh, um the stuff going on <laughs> but so we'll be looking mainly at the sagittarian sagittarius full moon eclipse on june the 5th uh today the first eclipse and it's it's nowhere near total in fact um the nodes are 16 degrees away from the moon um proximity to the nodes is what makes it an eclipse and so you may just see a slither of darkness on the face of the full moon on this eclipse but most people won't even notice it but energetically it's still there so some highlights of this uh, the eclipse chart and then general look at the numbers is that this full moon is at 15 degrees of sagittarius with the sun opposite at 15 degrees gemini um, conjunct um, the sun is venus retrograde and two days before the eclipse uh, the sun and venus meet at what's called the venus star point at 13 gemini that sets the tone of that cycle for the next eight years this full moon is in exact square to mars in pisces mars at 15 degrees of pisces which is uh, sandwiched between Ceres and Neptune, but that are five degrees either side. So we'll look at that. And there's uh, some other things we'll bring up um, over time. Mercury will be at nine degrees of Cancer, having moved past the North Node. We'll talk about a little bit about what that means. And uh, Mercury will be in square to Chiron in Aries and Uranus in Taurus. So there's quite a lot going on here and um, Vesta as well will have passed the North Node and will be at the degree of the annular solar eclipse at zero cancer. So I think that's significant also. So Jen, dive in. <laughs> <laughs> Fascinating. So I'm just uh, observing that uh, this moon is 
full moon is taking place on uh, June the 5th. And uh, June is actually a, a 10 universal month. So all about new beginnings. It's a one. Uh, so very much of time to embrace the love and light of uh, who we are. Uh, I think this is a really important part of this energy we're entering or have been in for a while. And you want to wait? Uh, let's do our cards now and then you go back into the numbers. Yeah. Right. Show your card. <laughs> well, the card that I got was this one, the 30, which is the considered the whitest card of the um, deck. It, and uh, very interesting, I think, because 30 is a number of uh, creativity and expansion. And when I look at this card, it makes me think about um, creating a new. I don't know if you can see, but inside, for those of you who can't see, it's all white. There's kind of like this space, this, uh, what would you call, like a pagoda of some kind, where there's a woman there holding a, uh, a ball. Um, uh, what do you call those things oh. it's uh that's weed that rolling weed oh, tumbleweed. Yeah. right so symbol oh, it's like a sun symbol shedding light on what's hidden mm. and it also is about creating from a new if you start in a white landscape where everything around is white and it is all about um, starting from the beginning, starting fresh. There's a stalk. Stalk symbolizes new beginnings. Mm -hmm. There's a beaver, you know, the um, dedication of building a dam, of kind of building something that's very sacred and comes from the heart and it is not influenced by outside influences. Mm -hmm. So um, it feels very much that it's a sacred time of coming back to an empty canvas that is not empty. It's full of the potential of what you're creating. Well, interestingly, I got a very creative card too. <laughs> Mars, I got the Valor card, okay, which is Mars in Leo. And Leo's a very creative sign as well. And Mars is the pioneer as well and, um, and new beginnings. And um, this, this is the seven of wands and it represents the quality of valor. And Mars, of course, is square, this full moon. Uh, but this card is really representing the, the courage to stay by what you value and not to compromise or settle for less. And, and this ties in with the Venus retrograde that we're going through now, which is us really reflecting on our core values this year because um, of all the changes we've got going on in the cosmos. And, and this card's really asking us, asking us to kind of stay strong, you know, to, to have courage, have valor and know that, you know, you can create uh, lemonade out of the lemons of this year, really, I guess. And, and, you know, it's like a clean slate. We're being asked to move into a new way of living. I actually saw it um, mentioned. There's an article I saw this morning about Japan. Um, having to, uh, calling an end to the pandemic emergency there because they said their people are moving more easily into having to live differently 
um, because of the pandemic than some of us Western nations are, shall we say. That's <laughs> so. really an interesting aspect. And certainly, you know, for both our cards has a very similar idea of in order to create from a blank slate or from something new, you have to have the courage and the belief and you have to hold it. You have to hold the vision in spite of what you see around you. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, when you think about that whole idea, the way Jap Japan looks at things, it's a very spiritual aspect, which this is. To me, this whole Mars in Pisces is a very spiritual aspect. Mm -hmm. uh, it's taking our will and pushing it through that spirituality, like really the, the, the ultimate essence of who we are is being reborn or re being born. And funnily enough, I always think of Neptune, where Mars is um, on this full moon, as, as a very white kind of energy. It's, it's, sure. it's very, um, it's like that card. It's kind of a bit hard to see it's you know it's a bit foggy it's a bit you know um because it's it's the amniotic fluid of creation of birth it's where you're forming these new ideas before everything before we move on so it's so very very powerful to think about what is the spiritual aspect for me that's the beauty of like in japan people are willing to embrace what is they're not they're not living in regret they're in this moment this is what it is how do we kind of absorb and release in the space how do we begin to adapt which is what we're talking about the mutability of adapting to what is true um but we're definitely moving into a new paradigm you know and, and absolutely this, this so back to normal it's not going to happen <laughs> and i was just going to say in terms of even like the talking about the numerology of this um Mm, let's get back to that yeah this full moon but also what we were talking about in terms of um there is that nostalgic need to uh in the western world to hold on to what was like this is the way it is we're never going to change we're not going to allow ourselves to adapt to to and that's kind of the restriction of religion if you will is that this religion is really fixed ideas it doesn't matter if it's an actual you know Kind of spiritual practice but we, in reality spiritual practice or any practice is about moving us forward it's about change so this eclipse is happening on the fifth which is a number of change it is all about being able to move into the flow of what's happening as opposed to trying to hold on to what where we've been um, it's very sentimental to try to hold on to the past and in that space where we feel all sorry and sad because things have happened uh, not that we shouldn't feel our emotions i don't say that but, but there is a certain attachment to holding on to how that emotion makes us feel like we can enjoy being sad and sorrowful and burdened etc and that's not what this time is about. This time is being like kind of shrugging off that old stuff because it's keeping us stuck. It's holding us back in a backwards formation. Mm -hmm. The sun and moon at 15 degrees. So I, I find that interesting. 15 degrees, 34 um, minutes. Uh, that's very interesting because you've got the six and the seven here. 
three and four and the 15. And 15 is a six. It's a very sacred number of alchemy. And this alchemy allows us to be of service through love, through the willingness to be who we are now and work with what there is. So another invitation to live through our heart as opposed to um, what seems practical or what we've done before or all those shoulds, or all those experts out there telling us, we just got to get back to work and we'll just make it all happen. Like, you know, we'll just squeeze the sausage stuff back into the casing. Like, forget about it. Like, stop thinking like that because you're just damaging yourself and you're putting so much pressure on yourself to do something that's not possible. So how can you lead with love? How can you be of service? Don't be a martyr. Give lovingly to all the things that need your attention and therefore you will be more gracious, more generous, more gentle, more empowered, more ferocious when you need to be. It's mm. all of those things that uh, I think exemplify this uh, time that we're in. And then, of course, it's a six universal day. So we have the six repeated, that remembrance of uh, serving our community, being in community, being connected through love to our environment, to the people around us. Um, and also, again, feels very much uh, paying attention to our own backyard as opposed to worrying about what other people are doing. Right? Yeah. And a couple of things. I love that you, you talked about alchemy with the, the number six, because um, here we have, uh, well, firstly, the moon in Sagittarius is a very visionary energy. It can um, see the bigger picture, um, see the way forward. It is, however, an eclipse conjunct the south node in Sagittarius, which is about releasing fixed ideas and dogma and these signs are all mutable signs, Sagittarius, Gemini and Pisces, where the, the T-square of the full moon is, which is also asking for change and letting go and being prepared to move into a new uh, new thing, whatever that is. And at the opposite point, Venus, uh, conjunct the sun. Venus, of course, is, um, you know, the primary feminine archetype in the chart. And here they are square to Mars, the primary um, male archetype in the chart. And both of them are kind of um, diluted a little, if you will, in this. They're both, you know, Venus has just had its star point with the sun, which is our core self. And it's ask, it be in retrograde in Gemini is asking to really look at our core values, look at all our relationships, how we relate to everything, including people, money, material world, all of that kind of stuff. And um, and then Mars is there in Pisces, which is the sign of the collective unconscious or the amniotic soup. And Mars is being asked to really um, merge its energy with the collective and here it is sandwiched between Neptune and Ceres. Ceres grief forgiveness and um, really uh, kind of feeling into this I did a presentation on Ceres actually on Thursday for EA Zoom meetings and I, I whenever I see her energy at the moment and this cycle we've got going on it's it's very much this what have we done kind of energy. I, I keep seeing the uh, the guy at the end of Planet of the Apes when he sees 
<laughs> but it, it's kind of we are being asked to really look at what our society has done and change how we work gemini is very much about community so um, local community so here's venus and the values with the sun in the local community sign the the and that's with the north node where our karmic potential is the moon saying south conjunct the south node going let go of the dogmatic ideas about how this is done so when i talk about dogma i'm not just talking about religion i'm talking about um all kinds of dogma you know we're seeing um or i'm seeing anyway on facebook uh, people being highly dogmatic about wear a mask and highly dogmatic about not wear a mask and then some of the people who are into the theories about 5g causing the virus and things like that they're being as dogmatic as anybody else you know i know the truth you've got to see the truth they keep hammering it into people we're being asked to let go of that i've been talking about it a lot about moving into this beginner mind state which is the gemini um kind of axis of all this and then mars um, between neptune and ceres is being asked to just let go and i think you said the same words jen about just moving into the flow of this change you know not fighting it um, mars is a little bit debilitated as well in in pisces and 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 i'd say quite debilitated between neptune and um, ceres but in this time i think it's a good debilitation because we're being asked to let go of this i i know and i'm definite and i'm right kind of energy and just slide into the change yeah yes and very interesting i was just uh, um looking at the fact that mars is at 15 degrees as well and uh at 52 minutes which is also seven so that's a very interesting it's like oh. it's almost like I have this vision of Mars being kind of led into the court, you know, between Ceres and, and, and Neptune and, and having to, um, in a sense, find the forgiveness of the kind of over-dogmatic or over-pressurized energy of, um, you know, then the kind of challenging side of being an individual is this idea of being dogmatic. I know I'm right. This is the way it is. This is the only way. And in a way, it makes sense because we've talked about the idea of being very focused on your vision and what you believe in and don't worry about what other people are doing in order to create a vision. However, there's a difference between intuiting what is right as opposed to having a fixed mindset there's two different things right so yeah. it's almost like i feel like that's kind of the message i'm getting from the akashic is this idea of mars kind of being uh, led into the chamber and having to kind of go through or see the vision of what has happened what has occurred what have we done with our with our libido with our sense of passion and anger and forcefulness uh, what have we done um, kind of against the earth against the you know here we have series of the land and neptune of the sea right those two different aspects um connected with the sun and moon at the same degree and those same numbers and going yes what have we done 
what is it that we want to take forward so it's like a stripping down of this energy um and two for venus in her way like you know that idea of being uh, yes in retrograde and recreating the energy of who venus is in so many cultures and in our belief systems that we still all carry with us uh, that have we have to let go of is this idea of venus or any female being this spiteful um uh, manipulative uh, horrific human or whatever being i don't know human but we have all these kind of things in the world yeah <laughs> yeah all very negative we don't really have a uh, a compassionate uh, full on uh, being a female right that is like i'm wholesome i'm this yes i can be uh, hard when i need to i can be you know whatever it is i can do those things but i don't need to get to meanness i don't need to be jealous and manipulative and any of these things that have been kind of fed into our psyche for thousands of years all around the twisting of these stories and that's kind of how it feels like this is like this moment right where things are coming to a head and we get to choose the mm-hmm. kinds of battles we want to uh, enact out in the world and similarly the male you know the the vision of this the male energy as as being like this breadwinner and the leader and the, the warrior and the fighter well you know men men are more complex as well <laughs> and he is is the male being kind of uh, um, not disempowered i'm not going to say that been being softened if you like showing the softened side of it in this chart and and venus as, and both of them as well i think where they're placed are reflecting how we approach the world as well this overconsumption this focus on um, and you know, I believe in manifestation, and I believe in you know, we, we all need money to live. But this focus on it's you know more, 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 and doing more, and being out in the world. You know, I we were talking before we started recording that you know neither of us really have any um, great desire right now to be out doing again. It's it's we're not. Uh, uh, yes, people have to go to work. We do realise that. We're not um, not talking about that. It's more about the socialising and the consuming and the, the shopping and the, all that kind of outer stuff that really is killing our, our habitat that we live in. I think, you know, this full moon is a release of a lot of that or inviting us to release a lot of that. Venus is retrograde already. Um, in Gemini I've talked about that then Mars is going retrograde this year too um, in his own sign kind of pulling back on this being out doing energy all the time you know it's and I know a lot of people are feeling like they want to pull back but um, I think we're being asked to that, that they want to go out and keep doing again and can't wait till I'm out there socializing. But I think if we don't listen to the lessons of these planets and start consuming less and doing less and buying less, I think we're going to be in big trouble personally because <laughs> we're being given these opportunities. Planets. Yeah. 
more opportunities when we get to decide because if you look at the, and absolutely the male and female energies or whatever you want to call them, the intuitive side and the active side, mm. when within us they need to be balanced because we can't change the world if we don't change ourselves. It's a, the microcosm of the world is within us. The behavior, the responses are all within us. So what we're choosing to do, what we're choosing to focus on and coming to balance and i really find it interesting like you were saying Lou, this idea of uh people feeling that desire to to nest and to feel uh, the sacred energies of who they are and um, which you can't do when you're busy shopping doing all this other stuff that's being drawn into the silence into the beauty of recreating your inner you know activator and in intuitive part being you know really being exposed to a whole new energy just thinking about the cards that we both had about starting afresh with this idea of how do I want to be in the world how do I want the world to be with me etc and then the other side of it is that it can be very agitated right having Mars in that position if you're not willing to go to the higher levels and you want to stay on that more rebellious, lower energy, which is I want what I want, like a little child, give me what I want, um, that I see as being played out, like even in the Mars story, all of these other things, it's like basically a lot of people are mouthpieces for other people's ideas or ideology. So when people are talking about all oh, this 5G is going to do this to us, or somebody wants to implant something in us, or um, or uh, you know, we got to get back to work or we got to wear my, whatever it is. These are not our ideas, right? These are ideas that are planted in us by others. And what we do is just spread the message like a virus, right? That's what we're doing. We're just spreading it out there like a virus. Mm -hmm. And I think that we really need to be conscious of what we're spreading. Yeah. Like we do not know how um, poisonous the things we just casually throw out there impact our world. So when we start putting the stuff out, we're generating a matrix that is built of fear and control. And so coming back to that idea, like people want the silence, they want to embrace, like if we can look at examples, Japan and New Zealand, and places where people are willing to be at peace with who they are because they feel safe. Mm -hmm. uh, and they have this sacred practice or whatever that's helping them uh, where we don't have that so we need the time and people who just want to rush us back to work like there's a lot of fear there because it's like let's just get back so the economy doesn't crash and we can just pick ourselves up by our bootstraps and keep going and actually that train has left the station so uh, we are at the end of that time of living in that way we will never go back to what the way it was we may limp along i don't know for a couple of years or we can we might keep trying to go back yeah <laughs> this is the thing is we were imprisoned so now we have the opportunity to break through that and how are we going to do it right what are we choosing to do and I'm not suggesting, and, and Jen, Jen isn't either, that if you are, you know, an essential worker and you have to work, that's different. Of course it is. People have to earn money. But it's more about the, um, 
it's just more about this constant consumption culture that we've created it's you know where we have to be out all the time you know i heard somebody saying i'm not what's the, the another phrase that i've been hearing lately i'm not wasting my life stay sitting at home <laughs> i don't think i'm wasting my life you know if you have to go out and earn money then fine but um why is it wasting your life to spend time in your home that you've created around you when you could be doing things around the home as well it's it's thing the mindset isn't it so it's actually hilarious when you think about it because first of all you have to think like what would you be doing that's not wasteful right because yeah. uh you know the whole idea of wasting right is just like whatever you value like here we are we have this crux where we have to start focusing on things we value that have meaning to us so of course if you're in a job which you are doing for whatever reason you value the service you will value the exchange the money etc and that's the value to you and you're doing it that's wonderful you're doing whatever you need to do it's still based on your own value system um and I'm not saying anyone wants to just loll around and not do anything. However, our system has been based on a, uh, it's not sustainable. A system that's based on consumption is not sustainable, right? Because people buying things, making things to buy, and then somebody going, well, I'm wasting my time because I can't go out and, and sit around doing nothing so i can pretend that my life has value because i'm buying something a label or i'm going to a restaurant and i'm being seen or i'm going to a pool party that's all the, like all these things to me that's a waste of my time two <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, kind of introverts now we like being at home but i i think this is the whole point is it doesn't matter what you choose to do with your time. It's knowing every moment is a moment of value. What do you value? Where do you want to put that energy? Whatever it is, if it's connecting with people that you can still do, even if you're at home, um, beautifying your home, really getting connected to what's true for you, you know, doing art, doing things that you haven't been able to do, not escapism. That's, no. So this is where we need to recognize these two different things we're talking about. It's finding it's new things that you value with your time. I guess. Changing your perceptions, you know. Um, I keep talking about gardening. I haven't started it yet, but I have been doing more cooking. And, you know, it's because of the situation and it looked like the food supply might go uh, off for a while. It seems to be fine, but... But it developed, I was like, no, I'm rather than, you know, eating out all the time, I'm going to cook more and, you know, things like that. So, Right, but that brings you more into your body. It brings yeah. you more into your life, into the reality of what is, right? You're not trying to go back into what was. You're adapting into what is. So what can I do? What makes me feel more connected to my food? that whole energy of female energy that we're talking about, that is so dominant in these charts every month is this idea of what is, what represents that female energy? What represents the intuitive side of you that connects mm -hmm. in action in some way, that more masculine side in the world? Like how do I bring that energy of love into my life or uh, whatever, right? 
change. Maybe I do it through cooking, maybe I do it through gardening or painting or writing poetry or talking to my friends in deeper ways, sharing my feelings. It doesn't matter. It's, it's not what you choose to do. It's what's behind, you know, a lot of what we've chosen to do up till now, or at least for the last 10, 20, 30 years has been about showing off, right? Mm -hmm. I am free. I have all this stuff. This is me. Uh, and I was even thinking about how funny it was that we went through this whole phase of, you know, this, this self-portrait or the selfie thing. And um, everybody, look at me. I'm here. I made it. And that's great. Like we're expressing, finally, I can show you who I am. This is me. And then we go into the phase of the mask. Like, yeah, I can't show you. Like, I have to kind of shut up and cover my face. And just be present. And what is that like? Nobody wants to take my selfies anymore because they haven't had hair pots. <laughs> but, oh, joking. Right. And everyone was so worried. Like, what's going to happen to our society with selfies? And now we're like, okay. You know, yeah. the inward journey is so important here when we look at that. And, and then, you know, we talked about that a little bit, I think. The Chiron... Um, Mercury and Uranus aspect of all of this is it's huge, right? Uh, oh, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I wanted to talk about that while we were talking about the the mask and the trapped. Um, Jen and I uh, talked about this before we started again. Um, uh, uh, I've been talking about it for a while. I didn't know it had a name. So thank you to my astrologer friend, Frederick Woodruff, for his newsletter, for putting a name to it. But um, since, uh, I can't remember the exact date it happened when Mars, oh, it was back on February the 25th, speaking of Mars again, um, Mars passed the South Node when it was back in Capricorn. And since that point, all the planets, um, all the planetary bodies, apart from Juno, and these are the, of the main ones um, I use, have been trapped um, by the lunar nodes. They've all been on one side of the chart in half. And that has a term called, I have to look it up because I cannot remember it every time, Kala Sapa Yoga. And, and this um, basically, um, Kala means time. So it's like we've been trapped in this time bubble where time has felt really weird and we've been trapped in our homes. And um, uh, Sapa means snake and, or serpent which is the lunar nodes. So they're a dragon or a snake with a head and a tail. Um, and yoga means combination. So Kala Sapa yoga um, is kind of global consciousness, all the main planets trapped into one segment of time. And that, that could be just a complete metaphor for what's been happening in this pandemic. Well, on um, March the sorry, May the 27th, which is tomorrow, as we record this, Mercury is moving past the North Node into, um, and then we'll move into Cancer. This will be followed by Vesta. So on this full moon, not only is the full moon a release, not only is it an eclipse, which literally eclipses something, we've also got two energies finally moving out of this trapped in time moment so the change is coming in that respect as well and and that leads me back to asking Jen to talk about Mercury and Uranus and Chiron because Mercury 
is just at nine degrees on the eclipse, only just, and is speeding along. So, um, so let's say he's at eight, really, because he's only just tipped into nine. And he's aspecting Uranus in Taurus and Chiron in Aries at eight degrees. And I know eight's a pretty magical number, so I'll let Jen talk about that. Right. So very fascinating because eight is the energy, uh, what we call, gives us the strength or the courage to do difficult things in order to create a new habit, right? So that's what we consider success. If you think, you know, moving away from the typical what you think success is. Success is actually doing difficult things over and over until you becomes familiar. And that's really what we're doing. We're talking about the communication, right? Mercury here is our communicator or the uh, the trickster bringing in different ideas, confusing us and connecting with Uranus, which is the higher energy of communication. Um, and Mercury still out of bounds. So acting eccentrically on this. Right. And there's an eccentric quality to Uranus is this bringing in new things very suddenly, very quickly. And this communication or opening our minds to what lies beyond where we have been there's so much more and how can we play in this and use this to our advantage and feel lighter feel more in joy instead of feeling so you know suffer bound mm. and then having um chiron which is chiron is you know the healer here so with the eight again it's looking at two zeros connected together at that point where they connect is considered the ego the ego healthy ego like there isn't only unhealthy ego but there's healthy ego so that point where when you do that figure eight of infinity which brings heaven to earth the idea is you bringing like we're talking about the uranus energy and the mercury energy into the earth where you know that whole thing of where chiron that point where chiron meets and goes in order to feel that ease of having heaven on earth we need to now recognize and release the wounding that is stopping us from going forward flowing into this time that is freeing us this moment of liberty this is all about liberty how we free ourselves from fixed ideas fixed suffering like it's never going to change it's always going to be like this and moving forward into the curving of the infinite like to me it's like this is like there's a banquet of the gods yeah like we're just being invited into this banquet and we get to choose what we're going to take with us when we go into the banquet and we go oh this looks good this looks bad oh i've been so hooked into suffering or oh isn't it fun now i can feel the lightness the joy of being who i am i can engage with what is doesn't mean we're going to love everything that shows up but if we have better tools and we feel better about who we are we have the strength like the eight says the strength to move through those obstacles to be persistent to know what the end game is what is the vision what is the energy that we're putting towards the vision that we desire the bigger picture for all of us and and you know the energy right and what is our individual kind of activation that's going to keep us going sorry 
Well, and I was going to say in the energy of that Mars release, sorry, Mercury moving beyond the North Node, being still out of bounds as well, is very much new thought, new, like let's think completely out of the box. And Uranus is always thinking out of the box as well. So this is not, again, again, it's not about going back to the way things were. This is thinking of new ways of doing things new ways to socialize and the more we heed these messages um the 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 kind of easier the creating the new paradigm will be you know for example maybe you can still have a barbecue with friends but have fewer friends so you can all kind of be a little bit more distant because the virus is still around the virus is still giving us this message of, you know, we need to change. I think the virus came for that reason. Interestingly, and I have to thank another astrologer for this, Erin um, Sullivan. She's a very well-known um, astrologer and uh, astrological writer. She's been talking about Venus as um, being the being this two P- Venuses, Venus Pandemos and Venus Urania, and there's Uranus, and how she's showing up in this retrograde in Gemini. And Pandemos is of the people, and of course, pandemic comes from Pandemos. <laughs> and uh, Venus also is to do with all kind of words like uh, venereal and things like that, and kind of Venus and veins and creeping and kind of things like that. So we're getting these messages and Venus is in that Mercury ruled sign. So when Mercury moves out and out of this bounds of this trapped between the, the lunar nodes energy, Mercury is going way. I can (laughs) create all these new ideas about how we can move forward here. And one by one, all the other planets are going to cross the nodes too. And we're going to be given this opportunity to, to really choose the new paradigm that we want to live in because we are moving into the age of Aquarius and the age of Aquarius um, we nobody knows what it'll be like but looking at the energies it could go two ways we could allow this shift into complete authoritarianism or we could create a really humanitarian egalitarian society if we chose to and so all the energies are pointing that way (laughs) right and what's really uh fascinating is this energy that speaks to the idea of um expressing who we are knowing who we are releasing whatever like um burdens or resentments we have so we can joyfully kind of move into a new space and remembering that anything anyone tells us about what's going to happen in the future is up for grabs because we haven't been there yet. So we don't know, but we are creating it. Yeah. Uh, kind of just, you know, I was thinking about when you were talking about how, I know we've mentioned this before, but we have the vision in all cultures of Venus or the female um, energy coming in and rising out of the water that's the the energy of what's happening this rising out of this is new we're going to take the the goodness of what rises we're going to take the resources and distribute them differently use them differently see them differently just like you were saying Lou in terms of how are we going to engage with others it's not that we're going to be alone what are we going to value we're going to value 
maybe powerful conversations, conversations that lead us to um, a different way of being, a willingness to look at all points and instead of getting sucked into stories going, well, what is true for me? A willingness to get together with our resources and say, well, how can we have more food? How can we, you know, I think this idea of saying like all these businesses are going to collapse, our economy is going to collapse. Yes, our money system will probably change. All of these things will change, but we are resourceful human beings. There's lots of things we can do. Our lives will not stop because there's less restaurants or food is distributed in a different way or there's and less. Be, and there'll be new jobs eventually and different things and everything's going to change. New ways of looking. Right. This you know, is we, yeah. could, we could feed it, all the people on the planet quite easily if we, if we adjusted everything. <laughs> and this is what this time is. We're entering a time of adjustment and it may feel, um, repressive in some ways like it's we're not going to have all of this well what we consider abundance the way it's been like all these things yeah we have to change our minds about how we look at abundance what is abundance like most of us have so much around us we just haven't noticed it yeah. and so noticing it uh, is so important. I think this is that uh, even looking at Pluto with Aries, you know, the, uh, both of them are 24. And They're having the second, second of five exact squares is on June the 14th. So just nine days after this eclipse. Yeah, the first was on June, January the 26th. So. Right. right. And that's such a huge thing. It just echoes the same thing that's happening with the sun and the nodes, thinking about the eclipse. This is a, you know, it's a change, right? We're moving into change over. We're shifting. As this is the first eclipse in these, uh, in the mutable, right? In, yeah. With the nodes in um, Gemini and Sagittarius. Right. Yeah. It's about letting go of uh, thinking a certain way, right? Just releasing or draining of the old and, uh, you know, asking us to kind of help ourselves by moving with this flow, as we've talked about. But even the Pluto and Eris, you know, giving us that example of um, that same energy of how it's been, like the tragedy of what we've held on to, the story of how we've suffered. It's so good to have that story. And do we still need it? Or could we kind of go, you know, approach each other and say hey you know the last time we were enemies and we made it awkward and it was so much fun doing that now can we switch it around and maybe see how we can have fun kind of getting along like you know how would this be different like yeah it's been great but now we want something new so what's the conversation what's the action what's the belief what's the time to really sit with your truth as opposed to, you know, over-talking, right? It's kind of this time to listen with your heart and take that in and live through what feels amazingly good. You know, the gratitude, the, the grace of being uh, dedicated, devoted, all those beautiful things we can be at this time, devoted to our earth, to the people we love, to the things we do, wouldn't it be so much better to work at things that we actually love as opposed to just going to a job because we need money? 
But I do want to emphasize as well, though, you know, I've talked about with Mercury moving past the nodes and kind of starting to open up freedom. But it's more about opening our minds because all the other, most apart from Vesta, which I'll talk about in a minute, all the other planets are still trapped on um, by their nodes. And we also have so many retrogrades this summer uh, on this eclipse uh, two days before um, Pallas Athena, um, the visionary kind of strategist, moves back into Capricorn. And and then Saturn will be following her back into Capricorn, where we'll be, where we'll be revisiting all this collapse of our institutions and our attachment to the big daddy, if you like, the rules and thinking, you know, that they that we've got this top down kind of um, patriarchal, um, hierarchical society. We are revisiting all of that. So Mercury may have moved past, but we're only starting to think of new things because Mercury is going to go retrograde as well again in Cancer. And uh, that will start on June the 18th and go until July the 12th. So um, the Mercury retrograde will span the next two eclipses after this. So we're still very much in rethinking, revisiting, um, thinking new ways of doing things and the mercury will go hang on a minute you might have thought well hey as soon as i passed the nodes and i was out of bounds and going freedom i think we're going to be pulled back in a little bit by that mercury retrograde but jen also mentioned um focus and commitment and uh Vesta is focus and commitment she's the sacred hearth the sacred flame the hearth in the home and our inner home as well. And she is at zero cancer on this eclipse. She's the um, actually the closest, I think, to uh, maybe Hygieia is a little bit closer, but but she's very close to the North Node on, on this eclipse. So she's very important too. And at zero degrees, that is the degree of the annular new moon eclipse that's on our solstice this year on June the 21st. And so she's activating that degree. And this is where our focus is to be as an, a new beginning on the new moon eclipse um, is in can- zero cancers, all about nurturing family, home, um security creating your own security it's where the nodes have been for the last 18 months so that's being activated again but we're being drawn again to focus on that you know building these um home food gardens uh perhaps making your home a little bit more intimate a bit smaller drawing in closer to family family of choice or real family um, all of that's going to become more important. Those smaller gatherings that maybe I mentioned, instead of thinking we have to, you know, be out at huge events and things, just have smaller. Everything's draw, kind of drawing in a little bit. So yes. that's a good thing. <laughs> Quality. But I also think, uh, just listening to you as you were talking, thinking about how uh, there are going to be shocks of information, right? Remember, we have that Uranus, Chiron, uh, uh, Mercury stuff. We're going to get information about leaders, right? Oh, yeah. 
that is probably going to surprise us and shock us. And we're going over that old material. So we have opportunities to um, be swept away in the emotion of it. And again, to reconsider what is important mm -hmm. in what we hear and how it connects us to being grounded, you know, using our breath, using our uh, ability to discern, like using some of these things, like when we're cooking, when we're thinking about our family, when we're doing art or whatever it is that crossroads or whatever our thing is, our jam is, is allowing us to kind of let this stuff settle in us as opposed to going out and yelling and attacking and I knew it and all of that. The more we get caught up in the anger of somebody betraying us, the easier it is for us to be swayed by people around us. The more we draw back and go, yes, people do things. They do disappointing things and it's okay because it's not what I value, but I value how they're showing up now, right? Because if people who have done terrible things show up and go, well, I did do these awful things and I really feel horrible about it and I'm, I'm changing my ways and they actually, we allow them to see you. Are they changing their ways? It is so much more um, fulfilling. And I think that's the key here. What is fulfilling us? What is making us feel more connected to each other, more connected to our lives, to love, to, to being here, to being devoted to doing what we need to do, this hard work to get to the next phase, which involves creativity and effort, uh, as opposed to running back to what feels safe, which is judging others. Yeah. Uh, this year, 2020, is about changing our shape of judgment. Mm. And I was just thinking about how Juno still, we've talked about her being at the top of the chart, like holding that basket. And she's been doing that for months. And Juno really is the kind of caretaker of the underdog or the disenfranchised. Uh, she also represents death in some way and um, our monetary very system. plutonic aspect, do that. Yeah. Right. So there's all of those different things that are in the basket, right? Like we was talking about this idea of being in this bubble of time where anything goes and we get to kind of attach to the things that feel connected to us, but we're still going to have to discern and think through and, and be open to changing our minds about people, about things, about things we've decided and not get hooked into the emotion behind it and incidentally that Jen mentioned you know there's going to be news about our leaders and things and I I she is so right as soon as that mercury hits those bounds I think information is going to come out of the woodwork and um, just to, to say that on the eclipse mercury will be um, conjunct Donald Trump's mercury and I believe that Vesta is on Boris Johnson's son or something. He's got something major at zero cancer. So, you know, I can't, well, I'm not going to predict anything, but I think it could be something around those two. <laughs> the two Gemini um, leaders we've got as well. That's interesting with so much Gemini. So. Right. And, and one of the things uh, uh, that is... Uh prevalent or has been especially if we're thinking about the aids and all this thing of leadership all this thing about love and leadership and the things we're talking about bringing light into this 
uh, and being able to see the uh, human side of all these people is that fortunately, unfortunately, we have had these leaders or leadership that's been developing, which is obviously somehow we've created of these kind of man boys or whatever they are. That boys. <laughs> boys. Okay, they, they, uh, they don't want to take responsibility. They want somebody else to take care of it. They just want to get out there and shout and say, I'm not going to wear a mask or whatever. I don't know what Boris is saying, but um, certainly. Oh, he's, he's, yeah, he's abdicated responsibility for his, his advisor that's going through all this stuff. And how many times do we actually hear Donald Trump say, no, I'm not taking responsibility for that in his press conferences. So it's all showing up in, in the, the energy. Yeah, but I think this is an opportunity for us to go, like, where am I doing that? Where am I abdicating my responsibility? Where am I wanting somebody else to take care of me as opposed to me going, right, this is my turn. Let's all gather. I kind of feel like we need to gather around and go, you know, in our communities, in our homes, let's rethink where do you feel like you've been hurt where do you think that you can take more responsibility how can I take more responsibility so we're shifting kind of ownership of how we live in community that we start to do the things that we see that our leaders are not doing that we require for ourselves as a community going forward right yeah I think we're being given the worst um, leaders by the universe at this moment to uh, show us that. <laughs> no, it's like, yeah, this is what we, that is leadership, right? Like, this is what we have adored. And, and even when you think about this, what we talked about, the female energy or the past, the story of Venus and story of all these females that have been given such an awful um, kind of personality and things so horrible and we've all just like lived with it yes i know as individuals we said that's not true but we haven't changed the 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 kind of um what do you call the the story around it right we have not but we're going to be doing now yes (laughs) passionate more compelling uh, leadership like we're seeing from other leaders like the woman in uh, New Zealand mm-hmm. Jacinda Ahern Jacinda, um, yeah but uh, you know as well um, I think the emergence of all these uh, female archetypes in the astrology and I'm not going to go into them all because we'd be here all day but the amazing <laughs> relationships between them all um, this year in how they're activating degrees and patterns so I'm talking about Pallas Athena, I'm talking about Ceres, I'm talking about Venus, I'm talking about Juno and Vesta. Um, and it's taking us back to the idea, astrologically at least, of um, the Dei Consentus, which was the original pantheon of the gods that ruled in a, in a council of six women and six men. And... Um, and how wonderful wouldn't that be if we could go back to something like that, you know, instead of having this hierarchical kind of. <laughs> right. And that's the thing is when we recognize each of us has gifts and even people who the greatest leaders, etc., are human. Yeah. And we try to put people on pedestals or ideas on pedestals and where anything is open for conversation. Mm-hmm. And we recognize that, 
there's some point we have to uh, come to an agreement. Yeah, agreed. I think we should do the symbols because we're over the hour already. So, <laughs> so shall I do mine first this time? Yes. Yeah. So the Chandra symbol for um, Sagittarius 16, because we always go up a degree um, or up to the next number, is a man shearing sheep or a person shearing sheep, let's say. Practical fortitude, resiliency to keep finding a way to do it, to keep discovering how to get through the deepest quandaries, the greatest karmic traps, ingenious and resourceful, paying attention to the cues, going to get it right. You're involved within a path which, requ which requires discipleship or apprenticeship, learning the ropes, building up fresh capacity in this lifetime to scale the heights. But you remain preoccupied and absorbed within honest tasks. A pervasive conviction grows in forms of how it really is. You're willing to take every step to reach a far goal and attentive to what is really there. A throwback to the old ways of a rural past, obviously, sorry, oddly comfortable in adopting forms and moving through phases and taking on the worlds. The journeyman learns the way of the journey and gathers earth wisdom in small bundles, knowing how to be there when it counts. So much in there that I've been talking about, you know, going back to the um, old ways of a rural past. Now, that doesn't mean just all going back to living on a little homestead, but, but more of that kind of energy and taking the best of the old ways and going back to that and that practical kind of earth work and um and the cooking and the practical all the practical things it's also to speaking to the fortitude and resiliency of the the valor card that i i pulled at the start i think and the beginner mind that i've been talking about lately as well it's this being open-minded willing to learn new ways willing to go back to the old ways and and really um, just going back to being connected to the earth as well and and the earth cycles so so much there Fantastic. Right. I think it speaks a lot to what we were talking about. And uh, mm -hmm. uh, of course, the idea of, you know, being nourished by the things you do, the life you live, the people you connected with. Why hang around with things you don't enjoy? Why do things that make you feel uh, depleted? Right. Yeah. I and mean, that's the whole point. That's the number 15 speaks to all of those things. So very yeah. powerful. All right. So the Sabian symbol Seagulls fly around a ship in expectation of food. The keynote, the easily acquired dependence of psychic desires upon the stimulation of social circumstances. Hmm. Animals drawn into the circle of what human society produces finds it easier to depend on people's handouts than to pursue their usually difficult search for sustenance. The seagulls here symbolize the more wild and normally untamable energies of the human soul, but they too can develop a land of domesticated dependence upon the byproducts of humans' adventures, 
within the realm of the unconscious, the sea. Natural instincts feed on the reactions and often perversions of the socially conditioned mind ego. Instincts feed on, uh, this, oh, so let's see. Shows how nature can readily become subservient to man's restless ambition to dominate the entire biosphere through an all-human planetary socioeconomic organization. It's the symbol of dependence. And uh, I think that's really the opposite. Like, this is what we've been talking about, and then this is the opposite side, right, is the need to... to it's where we're coming from, I think. Really. Right. We're being asked to really... Right. Yeah, we need to be dependent, and we've got to change that to being interdependent, where we recognize the value of the earth and the value of how we can work together with each other, with the earth, with the resources, as opposed to you know trying to possess it all and control it all through bad mouthing and negative behavior, all of those things that we've been conditioned to do. Somebody doesn't do what we like, we say awful things about them, right? Try to control them, dominate them, imprison them. And we do that to ourselves. You know, we always get the impact of what we do. What we're trying to do to others comes to... And we've always dominated the land. We've talked about, our culture has talked about it. You know, it's our manifest destiny to um, control the land and, you know, grow crops that shouldn't be growing in certain places and, and such like, and, uh, you know, and then we've gone to the other extremes and, and no offense to any of my vegan friends, but you know, this, if we don't eat any meat, that will solve all the world's problems. Well, actually, um, there's a lot of evidence that, um, we need the cattle grazing to, to green the deserts of this world as well. So, so we need the balance. We need the harmony. We need to relearn the old ways to, to work the land. So instead of controlling the land. <laughs> yeah, thing in moderation, as my dad always used to say. And my mom used to say. <laughs> always. <laughs> but I think this is it, is to realize we can't have it all when we're so uh, impassioned about something and we it's like we take the flame and we're just completely consumed by it mm. like i love something i want it all i you know it's going to belong to me uh, but it doesn't work like that because you cannot control or possess anything right except what is connected to you and you want to be able to use it in a way that feels balanced and loving like you're being of service you're contributing with love as opposed to resentment, anger, um, oh, I don't have any choice. You know, this is all about choosing, choosing the thing that feels good mm -hmm. and doing the hard things so things are in balance. Exactly. A mutual uh, relationship. Yeah. And I'm not suggesting vegans should not be vegan anymore. It's just that telling everybody else they have to be vegan too. <laughs> Do what you need to do. Exactly. And honour the resources you need, the people, the things, the land, how that works. Like if you, you know, whatever you eat, you just can't eat one thing only, right? Because then it's, uh, uh, again, you're depleting 
It's just like a balance, like the weather. There's certain things that grow at certain times, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, but and we're so we're, and we're talking about kind of overall balance as well. You know, right. each person is going to be. I, I kind of think I read a book once called the Zigzag Principle. You know, it's like we don't have this straight line balance in the middle ever. It's always kind of zigzagging between. <laughs> one extreme and the other well how about we kind of allow the zigzag more in the flow you know and some people will be doing it over here and some people will be over here but overall we're in the middle and bringing it into balance so right that makes total sense we're not being controlled we're allowing ourselves to move it's like you know an obstacle course right we all have our own obstacle course and exactly and and let's be mindful of the fact that there are others using that same those same resources yeah all right well happy eclipse season to everybody (laughs) jen why don't you tell people where they can find you they can find me at my website jendushen.com that's j-e-n-d-u-c-h-e-n-e uh you can find everything there trainings teachings the cards the illuminating journey cards if you're interested I also have a YouTube channel, I think it's under my name, Jen Jishin, Illuminate 8, uh, where I do weekly readings for the cards. I have a group on Facebook, We Belong Here. I have a Facebook page under Jen Jishin, and you can kind of find me everywhere, Instagram, etc. Jen Jishin. Come and join me. Join my YouTube channel. I'm looking for followers or whatever they're called. And, uh, or, uh, attendees. I don't want to think about you as followers. Just we're lifting each other up in the world. And um, yes, that's where you can find me. And I'm uh, Louise Eddington. So my website is louiseeddington.com. L O U I S E. E-D-I-N-G-T-O-N. Yes, Eddington has one D. And <laughs> and my uh, business name is Cosmic Owl Astrology, hence the owl for those that are on uh, video. And my Facebook page is Cosmic Owl Astrology. My Instagram is Cosmic Owl Astrology. Um, my YouTube channel, Cosmic Owl Astrology. I'm also looking to grow my YouTube channel I've been doing more video and um, I would love some new subscribers. Um, I have a Facebook group called the Planetary Magic Cafe, which might change to Cosmic Owl Astrology Cafe soon (laughs) because I love the name Cosmic Owl Astrology now. And um, don't forget though, we as a podcast have a Facebook page, Weirdly Magical Podcast. And we are doing a giveaway for reviews on that. Reviews on the page left by the end of June the 4th will be entered into a drawing for um, a reading either from myself or from Jen. So there'll be two winners. So hop over to the page, give it a like and leave a review. If you share the page and invite your friends over to like the page as well, then you get an extra entry. There's a post pinned to the top of the page, actually. You can share that post. That's a good way to invite people to the Facebook page. I don't know why we didn't think of doing a Facebook page for our podcast. Well, we didn't. New minds, new opportunities to think of. 
exactly and we also have a patreon patreon.com forward slash weirdly magical so hold on to your hats really people you know an eclipse square to mars is quite a big deal and three eclipses in a row is quite a big deal in what's already a very big deal year so <laughs> so valor courage and um created and yes that uh, kind of open creative space of jen's card as well so uh, connect to the truth of who you are even if the truth is changing exactly yeah you are still you so until next time it's goodbye from lou Goodbye from Jen.